Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I am your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, hey, okay, how about you? Oh, going well. Pretty stoked. We're going to see how the monkeys mind their manner today. Indeed. <laughs> Pre- pretending they're going to England this time. Yeah, exactly. I, I honestly, I thought at the time when I first was watching, I was like, ooh, maybe, what if they shot this around the time when they did the monkeys in Paris because they're in England? Then I realized that was way before this would have been, so. Yeah. Oh, well. What can you do? So the, the episode we're talking about, obviously, is The Monkeys Mind Their Manor, directed by our main man, Peter H. Torkelson, sitting what? in the director's chair. That a boy. Yeah, look out. Written by Coslo Johnson and okay. originally aired on February 26, 1968. Very cool. Very cool. I got to say, I didn't remember that Peter uh, directed an episode. I knew Mickey oh, yeah. directed one, but I forgot that yep. Peter did. Yeah, I think they're just trying to keep the boys coming to work. Yeah, pretty much. Let eh? them do whatever they want. Hey, you want to you direct an episode? Well, okay, was, sure. Like how when uh, they wanted to direct Head themselves and they weren't allowed to. So on the first day of filming, only Peter showed up for work because the other three had like a little uh, standoff, went on strike for one day just to oh, <laughs> let them know they were unhappy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, beginning of the episode, uh, the boys were in the pad having band practice, which is shocking. To see them as a band. It's fun to see, but we don't see it happen this season. No, we do not. And uh, so Peter and Davey go through something they've been working on and uh, ask Mike and Mickey what they think of it, and they both hate it so much. Thanks very much, fellas. My second song. <laughs> and uh, Davey's grumpy about it, but there's a knock at the door. And he bounces across the apartment and answers it. And we, in the background, as he's bouncing around, you see Mr. Schneider sitting there in one of the chairs, which is oh, always good geez. to see. A brief appearance of the Schneid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he opens the door, and there's an older, baldish English guy named Mr. Fryer, who's played by Laurie Main. He comes in asking if Davy Jones lives there, and then he finally realizes that he's talking to Davy. And he tells him that he's been looking for them up and down the beach and asks what a long-haired weirdo is. So Mickey comes over and says, It's a local fish. You catch it with a sharp stick. And then he pokes Fryer with a drumstick and he giggles. <laughs> and Fryer tells Davy that he must come back to England immediately. Sounds familiar. Uh-huh. And uh, when Davy says he can't do that, Mr. Fryer faints. And then they pick him up and put him on the couch. And when he comes to, he says, thank you, miss, to Mickey, who tries to stab him in the head with a drumstick. (laughs) This episode has a lot of uh, long-haired weirdo vibes, like really pointing out the the boys are long-haired weirdos. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Did you watch the commentary? Yes. It's pretty cool. Uh, Peter does the commentary for this one. At first, I was like, this is kind of a Davy episode. Why is Pete doing it? And I was like, oh, he's directing it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And... It's kind of neat. Like he talks about how they didn't improv much on camera, but sometimes they'd improv in rehearsal and they'd keep it for the show. And also that like a lot of season two was leftover scripts from season uh, one. Yeah. He says this one in particular, he grabbed from the old pile. Some of these don't even feel like leftover scripts. They feel like the same scripts with the pages shuffled together. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And he also brought up that uh, all the fainting he came up with. It wasn't in the original script. It wasn't a Coslo Johnson. It was a Peter Tork. Nice. 
And he uh, gets the mileage out of it, as you'll see coming up. <laughs> so Friar tells Dave that young Lord Kibby has, has passed on. And Davy says, young Lord Kibby, he was 97 when Davy left, left England. And Friar says that, yes, he was in the prime of his life. He tells Davy that he has to go back to England for the reading of the will because he believes that Mr. Kibby has left his estate to Davy. Also sounds kind of familiar-ish from another episode. Mm. But Davy says he can't go back and Friar faints again and all the boys start screaming again. Whenever he faints, the boys scream. So he comes to and he tells Davy that he has to because if he doesn't, Lord Kibby's nephew, Lance Kibby the Sot, will get the estate and will sell it to a developer. And Davy says that he can dig that, but he can't go back to there to live. And guess what? Friar faints again. Oh. And Mike says, You better cool it, man. This guy's denting our couch. This is the comedy rule of seven or eight, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's the comedy rule of drive it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Friar says that if the sot sells it to the developers, the entire town will be evicted. And Davy says, well, and then the Friar faints again. And Davy finally says that he'll go just to really help out Friars like blood sugars levels or something like that. I guess. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so Davy says he doesn't understand why he would leave the estate to him because only, he was only a stable boy. And then we cut to like Davy dressed up like a little kid with a yo-yo and a sucker. And uh, Friar tells him that he knew that Davy loved the estate and that he'd speak of him for hours. And Davy says that he only talked to him a couple of times. And Friar says that's true. But he would tell the stories over and over and over. He was as nutty as a fruitcake. Then we go to the intro. This is a long one. We're at like two minutes and 40 seconds when the balloon happens. This is a... It's a lengthy one. They had a lot to get out, I guess. A lot of fainting. Fainting eats up a lot of time. No joke. So we come back to a royal kind of sounding of the theme that I think was used in the fairy tale episode. It's it's all recycled by now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Davey's packing his bag and each of the guys walks by and puts something weird in it. (laughs) Peter puts down like a tray with a couple glasses and plates. Mickey puts in like a huge statue and stuff. And uh, two of their beds are in the background and they have these blankets on them that make them look like cars. Like I know. That was so cool. Like I watched this once on Netflix. Not Netflix, but um, YouTube. And I go, okay, whatever. It looks like shit. And then I watched it for the commentary on the Blu-ray. It's like, wow, look at those sheets. It's like so cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. That. Again, to go back to the Blu-rays, you can notice so many things you didn't notice before because it's so cleaned up and awesome looking. There's a few more coming up in this episode. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, So Mickey and Peter say that they wish they could go, uh, but Mike says that they don't even have enough money to go buy some gum. And Davey (laughs) says that maybe they can't go as passengers. 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 And as it echoes, we see different forms of transportation, like guys in a canoe... (laughs) And I call this ridiculous things. So suddenly we're at the airport in England and Davey's checking in at customs and the customs guys played by Jack Williams, as we'll find out, asks Mm -hmm. uh, what he's bringing in. And Davey says that he has three mummies and the custom guy wants to see them. So uh, Davey opens up the sarcophaguses, which I think was Big Bird's imaginary friend. Sarcophagi. (laughs) Sarcophagi. (laughs) And uh, each of the boys, they're wrapped up in like a tiny little bit of toilet paper around them to make them mummies. (laughs) 
And the customs guy says that they're not the best looking mummy he's ever seen, but he says that they're marvelous to have around the house and make great lamps. Davy gives like a half-hearted oh sound, but it's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not quite as full on oh. No, it's not quite there. And the, the customs guy shows him how to turn them into lamps. You stick the cord in their nose and the bulge in their eyes. And he demonstrates on Mickey. Actually jabbing Mickey in the face. Yeah, he's pretty rough with Mickey's face. I do think Miss Mickey has the squishiest face out of all the monkeys, though. <laughs> I think if you're going to start squishing a face, you go for, you don't go for Davey or Peter or Mike. I think their, their faces have no give, but I think Mickey's does. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And so Davey calls out the customs guy for being Jack's, Jack Williams, the props guy on the show. And Jack says, Look, sweetie, I might be Jack Williams, the property man to you, but the 20 million teenagers, I'm the customs man. <laughs> and then he starts singing, and then Mickey screams and jumps on him from behind. And you can see everybody start laughing at that, which is kind of yeah. awesome always. That was a Dean Martin thing at, for, yeah. presented there. Yeah. Davey also does some talking to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Fry, Mr. Fryer says that they have to go. And Davey asks, what about the mummies? And he says, not to worry, because they have plenty of lamps at the estate. <laughs> Fryer, just not picking up on what's going on here. Nope. So Davey and Fryer show up at the estate, and the butler answers the door. And this is Reginald Gardner. And he takes the branch of a little tree in his hands, and he thinks that it's Davey's hand. And he says that uh, Davey can come in, but he has to leave his dog outside, gesturing to Fryer. <laughs> the, the butler looks again and realizes that it's Fryer and lets them both in. So once we're inside, Twiggly Top and Middle Bottom, played by Bernard <laughs> Fox, greatest, greatest name in <laughs> the history it's of the show. Fantastic name. <laughs> and uh, Lance Kibbe the Sot, he's played by Jack Good. They're, they're waiting in there. And Twiggly pretty is the- solid ex- name too, though. That's a pretty solid name as well. Yeah, it's the, yeah a lot of good names. He gets the episode. point across. Yeah. So Twiggly's the executor of the will and is kind of an instant prick, like classic <laughs> adult in Monkey's show, instantly a dickhead. Uh, the sot is super drunk and he spills his booze all over himself. And Davey and the friar sit down and Twiggly says sarcastically, uh, please be seated, won't you? Then we have fast motion film of them standing up and sitting back down again. Uh, Twiggly reads the will and says, I, Sir Malcolm Kibbe, being of sound bo- body and mind. And then the sot laughs. Twiggly tries again, and then Davey and Fryer laugh. And then he tries again, and they all laugh. And again, more laughter just keeps building on this laughter, because as we know... He was as nutty as a fruitcake. <laughs> so he finally says that the manor is left to Davy Jones, but he has to live there for a minimum of five years. Ooh. If he doesn't stay, the land may be purchased by the villager for 50,000 pounds. But Davy says they don't have that kind of money. Then these, some delivery dudes show up with, some, with the lamps, quote-unquote, and they drop them off. <laughs> and Twiggly continues to say that if the villagers can't buy it, it will all go to Lance Kibbe the Sot, who promptly falls down. Is it a lot of falling down in this episode. We should have kept yes. a count. <laughs> He's got to, uh, someone should introduce this guy to Mrs. Weefers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. The two of them would have a night on the town. <laughs> yeah him hiding the booze in his cufflinks and <laughs> the greatest thing he's got that glass on a string around his neck which yeah. is just i'm surprised more people don't do that if they go to like a barbecue <laughs> or something <laughs> for real it's practical it, it really it doesn't is lose it no one steals it see here's the thing sometimes like drunks it's like people that enjoy drugs and things there might not be really great at normal thinking of things sometimes 
But in order to get their booze or weed or whatever it is, they always have the most elaborate, genius ways <laughs> to scam the system and hide yeah. it in different places. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. So anyway, uh, Twiggly gets him back up on his feet by leading him with a bottle of booze, like by his nose, and just lifts it up, and he lifts up with it, and then they leave the room. And then Davy goes to the mummies and lets them all out of their boxes. They all, like, stretch around, stretch up for a bit. Outside, Twiggly and the sot are getting into the car, and the sot is sitting, like, on the back, the top of the back seat of the convertible, and he thinks he's in the driver's seat, and he says that someone stole the steering wheel. So inside, the friar introduces the boys to his daughter, Mary, who's played by Myra de Groot. And he tells Mary that this is Davy, the new lord of the manor. And these are his friends, Pisces, Aquarius, and Capricorn. And she says, Oh, a sister act. (laughs) (laughs) Again, playing on that. But it is cool, the Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones thing. They they worked it in. Yeah. Little little promo for the current record. Yeah. Pretty cool, I think. So back outside in the car, the sot gets in the proper seat and it's laid out that Twiggly will get a commission on the sale of the land once the sot sells it to the developers. While they talk, the sot again, he's like taking apart different parts of the car, like the emergency brake and the horn and the radio. And that's what he's pouring booze out of all of them into a glass, into that same glass that's around <laughs> his neck on a string. Inside, Mike makes fun of the sot. That Lancefellow's not the only one around here that's stiff. <laughs> And uh, Mary says not to make fun of the drunkard. Uh, It happened during the war. Everyone was getting bombed back then, but he never stopped. (laughs) Yeesh, Mary. And uh, so the blind butler guy talks to a painting of some horses and says that'll take them to their stables. And then he takes the arm off a suit of armor and tells Davy that he's put on weight, I guess since the front door when he thought he lost all that weight being a twig. (laughs) And he tells him to follow him. You mean go where you go? Yes, you follow me. we got to follow him. Follow you. As going out the door, he bumps into a whole bunch of things, and they all follow him bumping into all of those things. Ah. So hilarious. Very, very <laughs> Marx Brothers style thing. Yeah, so yeah, Marx Brothers, and I guess Monty Python. Was Monty Python around at this time? Uh, right around the same time, yeah. Yeah, so but, I felt it was kind of a that yeah. kind of humor as well. So in the bedroom, the boys are super, super bored, and Mike and Davey are both trying to whistle, but they keep starting at the same time and then glaring at each other. <laughs> and uh, Mickey's cracking his knuckles, and Peter's just kind of saying how bored he is. Boy, am I ever doing nothing. And uh, Mary comes in, and uh, Davey asks what young people do for fun, and she says uh, they move to the big city. And Mike says... Oh, and now we're going to get a rash of small town jokes. And she tells him that last year they found a mole in the lawn. And we cut to a shot of a super fake dragon screaming that we've seen before. (laughs) (laughs) They have to use a specific amount of stock footage in this episode. Apparently. There's a little passenger thing and now this, like, come on, what's going on? (laughs) So then Twiggly comes walking in because he says he forgot to leave the contract. But, like, he was in the car with the sot. Like, they were on their way out. (laughs) He comes back in. It's almost like he drove home and came back because they've been there for so long. They're so bored. And uh, he gives it to Davey, but then Mike takes it. He says, we have to live here for five years, but they don't. Davey does. <laughs> so maybe he was thinking of the band and they got to be close together. Twiggly says, that, well, if, he, if he's bored in the town, they can leave it to the villagers. And Mary says they can't afford it. And if the boys leave, the villagers will lose their homes. 
and uh, Friar's in the doorway, and he faints <laughs> again. Again. Holy moly. The five years thing seems oddly specific. Maybe NBC was trying to lock him down for five more years or something. Whoa. I think that might be a, 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 a smidge of that. Man. Because like, they're trying to get locked down Davey, per se, for a five-year NBC exclusive contract or something. Maybe. Maybe. Should you imagine the monkeys going till 1973? <laughs> like, I don't, what I don't would know, you man. do? <laughs> so, uh, after the commercial... Everyone is still sitting around, and Davey says they have to think of something or they'll be stuck there for five years. And Peter says the problem is getting out of there with a clean conscience, which is true. It is, you know, how do you, how do, you do that, essentially, with what they're faced with? Indeed. And Davey says they either have to talk Lance out of selling the estate or to get the money for the villagers. And then Mike has an idea. Hey, I got it. Yeah, what, what? We do what any other normal people would do in our circumstance. The most logical solution to this problem. What's that? We have a medieval fair. And Mickey says, a medieval fair, that's so. And then they just cut to the sign that says, yield fair. <laughs> a medieval fair, that's medieval fair. That's like a love it. I love that Mickey reaction. Yeah, yeah. Mickey's unimpressed with a lot of things in this episode. Didn't like the song. <laughs> Didn't like Friar calling him a, a, a girl or whatever. And right. he's mad at Mike's idea. It's a lot happening in Mickey right now. A lot of good Mickey faces in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's stretching out. He's got that squishy face. <laughs> it works in his adva- to his advantage. And so as we see the sign that says Yield Fair, there's a Davy voiceover that says a medieval fair is like a love-in. Just to kind of maybe let the kids at home know what a medieval fair is like. <laughs> what we're talking about here. Yeah. So uh, Mickey and Peter are selling tickets at the gate. And the music here is also from the fairy tale episode. Hmm. And, uh, and some of the background shit is from the fairy tale episode. Yeah. Too. Uh, maybe that's where the dragon also came from. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> so Mike asks how much they have so far and they weigh it and they say it's 200 pounds. And Mike says, that's nowhere near enough. Friar and Davy show up and Friar says that they'll make most of their money betting on the grand championship. And Davey asks what that is, and Fryer says, The winner of two out of three contests. Jousting, dueling, mason chain. Oh, that's four. No, mason chain go together. And when Davey says that's four things, he only holds up three fingers. <laughs> oh, good catch, Paco. <laughs> and uh, so Davey asks, who's going to do these things? And when Fryer tells him that it's him, because he's the lord of the manor, Davey faints. <laughs> oh, shit. It's catching on. Twiggly shows up with two girls on his arms and uh, Friar asks if he want to make a wager on the grand championship and Twiggly's up for it. Large, larger, enormous, bigger, monumental. It's a deal. (laughs) (laughs) So they shake on it and Twiggly tells him that he's a jousting champion and dances away with one of the girls and the Friar faints. Man, (laughs) even after watching and writing this out, I'm still surprised at how much fainting there is. For real. So the butler takes one of the women by the arm and thinks that she's Twiggly, and he says a softy like him couldn't possibly win. You know, I think because she has she has such dainty arms compared to Twiggly, he feels that mm-hmm. he's a softy. So Davy's all dressed up in chainmail, and Mike tells him just to remember to do what he told him. And Davy says they didn't teach him anything. Well, then fake it. <laughs> the total fake it till you make it moment there with Nesmith. Oh yeah. Twiggly shows up with the sot. 
who pull he kind of pulls in his own like cart with booze on it like one of those bars he like <laughs> people have in their houses on wheels twiggly says that as challenge g he gets the choice of weapons and davy says it should be the other way around so twiggly spins around and says again that he has a challenge he should be the get the first pick of weapons and he picks up two big spears and tells davy to choose his lance and davy chooses lance the sot and oh. Twiggly says very well and then just starts poking him with these spears. And uh man, oh man. which is clever play on words there, I think. The Did Lance named Lance all along just to pay off in this joke. I it probably I think that's where it came from. <laughs> Coslo. So the Sot tells Twiggly to stop because he's going to be killed, and he tells Twiggly to drop the spears because he won't get a commission if he's dead. Twiggly forfeits the round to Davy, and the Sot falls down on the ground next to the Friar. And then Mike announces Davy as the winner. So Davy won that one because of Lance the Sot. So, yes. Nice, nice. Way to use his, his, his name to your advantage, Davy. <laughs> so we cut to Mike and Peter putting Davy's boxing gloves on him. And is he wearing the same boxing stuff from this the boxing the, episode? Yep, this He's, is the Davy Jones boxer variant. Yeah. <laughs> it's him. I guess like this is that page from that script. Yeah, exactly. It's been slipped into this script, but it's definitely his outfit. Uh, what, does he wear the same one in head? I don't know. I, that's what I'm wondering as well. And on the back of this one, it says Dynamite Davy Jones. <laughs> so we're gonna have to keep a lookout when we do our our, our head spectacular. But Davy the boxer is kind of a pretty iconic thing. <laughs> it is. It's it. It's funny how that works. How <laughs> Davy Jones is the, latches onto this boxing persona. It's because he doesn't have to wear a shirt. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> so uh, Davey says he feels stupid wearing that to a duel. And Peter says that he looks great. Twiggly's stretching with his fencing sword. And Mike hands one to Davey and just sends him out there. And Mike, when he gets there, he's like, take your sword and <laughs> get out there. <laughs> take the sword and go defend your honor in the manor. Uh, so Davey and Twiggly bounce around and try to st- stomp on each other's feet. And Davy admires himself in the reflection of his sword for a second. And then they end up dancing. And there's some stock footage of a ballroom full of like Victorian dancers dancing. And Twiggly knocks the sword out of Davy's hand and wins the duel. And everybody boos. Boos! I'll drink to that. Yes, and anything else that comes along. <laughs> well played. A fencing sword is called a foil. Oh, there girls, we go. By the way. Good to know. Davy was foiled. Got and, that right. <laughs> and Twiggly says that the next contest is Mason Chain and, das- and asks Davy how he feels about that. And he says, not very good. So suddenly the butler brings in an even older man. He looks like a living cartoon. <laughs> he tells Twiggly that the original rules are that it comes down to a singing contest. How convenient <laughs> for the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Twiggly asks how he would know. The contest started in 1500, and the old man says, Do you think I am a youngster? <laughs> and apparently this is the butler's dad. Right, that's who this guy is. <laughs> so he's at least, he's been alive at least forever. Yeah, and so how, I wonder how old the butler is. <laughs> like, is he, did he have him when he was in his late 200s, or is the butler <laughs> very old as well? <laughs> You never know. Some guys are spry into their triple digits. That's <laughs> true. He's a vampire for sure. Daywalker. <laughs> so uh, Twiggly's complaining to the Sot that he can't sing. And the Sot tells him that he saw four boys on television that would blow him away. And then he has to sing or there won't be any commission. And suddenly Twiggly starts singing. 
and and right when he starts singing there, it's not that bad. He sounds all right, but for a second, yeah. yeah. So then Mickey introduces the singing contest and announces Twiggly to go first, and uh, he's singing Green Sleeves, and he's just awful, like super awful, <laughs> and everybody boos him. My last, my love, you're so Mickey comes back, cuts him off. As he's talking, there's uh, some words on the screen that say, in the sticks, call Hayseed 7-4000. So it's almost like an American yeah. Idol. Like you got to vote. <laughs> man, oh, man. I saw a thing with Simon Cowell. He was like, you know what? This whole thing is about the monkeys and about the episode Monkeys Monomana. And I thought, what a thing I could do to bring music to the masses. Incredible. <laughs> that's what I... That's, that's what I read. Yada, yada, yada. Harry Styles, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Exactly. Harry Styles owes everything to Twiggly, top and middle bottom. <laughs> uh, so then Mickey starts to introduce Davey, but he keeps going on and on and on. So Mike and Peter go and drag him away. And Davey sings Green Sleeves, and it's amazing, and everyone loves him. Alas, my love, you do me wrong. And uh, Twiggly does like a weird noise with his hand over his mouth, like a raspberry kind of thing. And I remember the first time I saw this episode when I was younger, that made me laugh so hard. That noise he made. I don't even know why, but it killed me. And uh, so Mickey comes back and announces that Davey is the winner of the whole contest. This is, this is also when Mickey is making your favorite face. Yeah. When the boys are watching and Mickey's like kind of leaning in. He's got like... Like an old guy looking face. And you used to rewind that all the time. <laughs> so funny. Because it's just so funny. <laughs> and see, now here in the episode, Davey wins this thing. And you start to think, oh, they won. They got the estate. It's okay. Yeah. But we cut to the friar and the butler counting the money. And Mike asks if they have enough. And they only have 10,000 pounds. And it's like, what, uh, weren't they supposed to wager a lot of money to, to win? Like, that was the whole thing. Look at everyone else had to wager, I guess. There weren't enough wagerers. I guess. Maybe they didn't make enough money from the fair to wager on no. the actual thing, like, on ProLine. Like bet it. <laughs> yeah, you know, online betting wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> no, it was all offline betting. So Peter suggests <laughs> that they just put on four more fairs. <laughs> <laughs> and the butler says that they know Dave wants to go back to the United States, and they insist that he goes home. And then Mary confronts the sot. And, and really lays into him in, in a long tirade. <laughs> For real. Lance Kibby, the estate is now yours. Yours to sell down the river to some money-grubbing land developer while you go off and rot your brains and your liver in some high-tension London club. But before you go, I want to give you a piece of my mind, you drunken sot. Ever since you were a little boy, you've always been mean and vicious and rotten and evil. And when you grew up, you got even worse. Your life's a waste. You're a drunkard. You're not a man. You're a jellyfish. You're mean and rotten and evil through and through. At the end of this, the sot takes her glasses off and puts them in his glass of booze around his neck, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then he declares, I love you. And I love you. <laughs> and then they kiss, and the sot says that he's not going to sell the estate, and instead he's going to live there with his wife-to-be, and everything is saved. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, I could see the sot maybe getting into it because he's all drunk and this woman's uh, paying attention to him or something. 
But she just talked the whole episode. She's talking about what a horrible individual he is. And then at the end, maybe maybe she's just doing it to save the village. She's like putting her own happiness on the line to save the village. <laughs> but man, oh man, what a turn. How could, like, phew, that was close. This stuff just writes itself, Paco. <laughs> it really does. So everyone cheers. And they cut to the boys, and Mike is making these ridiculous faces while he's cheering. And it's something I've always loved. Like, when I saw it again, I remembered yeah. it. Like, I've been waiting for it. I couldn't remember what episode it was in. And then also, also yeah. when you cut back and you see the wide shot, you can see Mr. Fryer taking the money that they'd gathered, and he's oh. putting it in his jacket. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because they don't need it anymore, so Fryer's just skimming <laughs> off the top. That's true. Another good catch, Paco. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Wow. So we come back after the commercial break or after we fade to black or whatever. It's Mike addressing the camera. He says, well, that's another hilarious half hour of the monkeys. And then he messes up everybody's name. Everybody's. Davey, Pico, Mickey, and Purple, Michael, too. <clears throat> Us. <laughs> and then Peter cuts in. And he wants to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And then Mike points out that it's the middle of February and, and he can't give a Christmas message now. And then Peter asks, why not? And then Mike, he doesn't really have a good explanation for it. And then they go right into the Star Collector open as Mike is like mumbling like it's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine cold <laughs> open. Man, come on, it's the middle of February. You can't give him a Christmas message now. Well, why not? Why not? Well, because you just, you don't put, well, uh, well. Yeah, like, just like that. Yeah, it's awesome. I think that was from the Christmas Eve sessions that we were talking about when they were in it doing shooting. Oh, maybe. Could yeah, be. Yeah, they were shooting the uh, the bookend of the Paris episode plus some interview shit. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. So Star Collector, we've already seen this. We've seen this clip before. We won't get as into it, but I will just restate. I love how it opens up with them in the <laughs> huddle with their arms around each other. It's, it's so great. I don't like it. <sighs> It just hits me in a way, and I'm always so. It's like they're together, like we're in this together. Like they, they're yeah. like a real band at that moment with their arms, heads together, mm -hmm. arms around each other. I love yeah. it. And they were in the midst of making and promoting Pisces Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. Yeah, so, they're like their strongest band effort record. Yeah, and it's just a, it seemed like a fun time to be in the Monkees musically for sure. Definitely, definitely, and they're in the white, the white shirts and all that stuff. And yeah. Star Collector's awesome. Trippy, weird. Those and, sweaty, sweaty, white touring sweaters. Yeah, exactly. And then like Mike playing guitar on the huge drum stick, Peter playing air yep. bass. It, it just looks like <laughs> a super fun time. And in the yeah. commentary, uh, Peter brings up how that and Daily Nightly were filmed on the same day, like back to back. They did both those yeah. uh, video clips. And like both of them, look how they sound. Yeah, like maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just because we've we've tied it to them to the the show itself so much, but just it really feels like that's how the songs sound. Yeah, it's a good point. That's how they look. Yeah. You know, tell my that's how my ears see them. <laughs> yes, ex <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. All right, so overall thoughts of this episode. One thing, one big thing: no romp. There was no romp in this episode. Yeah, true. The closest, closest thing could have been when uh, the duel with with uh, Twiggly up top and middle bottom and Davey, because they're just doing yeah. a whole bunch of different little things, but even that's not even rompy. 
So yeah, and they just do a couple different fast motion things. Yeah, but like no like song just in the, the episode. Bumping in the stunt. Yeah, no stunt, no tune, unless you count green sleeves, <laughs> which I guess Davy's green sleeves has appeared on some monkey bootleg stuff when people were desperate <laughs> for monkey tunes to put on things. I guess. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, this episode, the ending was pretty convenient. And overall, it seemed like a very, like, an already been there episode. Like how we say, it's like oh, they went yes. through every script and took one page out of each script <laughs> from the first season and, and just put it together. For real. And uh, Pete made a pretty good point on his commentary about how, um, at first, they were concerned when the, the episode ran short. And then they figured out, okay, well, let's, let's get the guys. We'll shoot for 10 minutes, chop it down to the three minutes we need. And away we go. And then they just kind of started relying on that, and they of course, could sort of relax about stressing out about how long the episode itself is. Because if it's a little short, they can just put stuff in. Yeah. And the episode just has to be as long as it needs to be. Exactly. That was, yeah, the freedom of not having to stretch it out. And just like, hey, it's done here. Let's, let's not stretch. Even though I feel this one could have been done after Davey won <laughs> the, yes. the contest. But then I guess... Her ending up with the sot was kind of funny or something like that. Another thing was like at the beginning, seeing them as a band, doing the band practice and stuff. That was cool. I was like, ooh, what's happening here? And then it just goes, Davey's yeah. got to go to England and win <laughs> a castle back for a village. Like Another, another old British guy is getting Davey's face about some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, guns? No guns. But there was a tiny little cannon uh, that they shot off. So it's, it's kind of like a gun, but, but no. There was a lances, which were like uh, medieval shotguns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, highlight of the show. For me, the saw was pretty funny with all of his hiding places for booze, the glass <laughs> on a string. I thought that was funny. It was, was kind of cute, yes. What, what did you like highlight of the show-wise? Um, I'm not even, I'm not even sure. Those bed sheets were pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good one too. The bed sheets. Yeah. We haven't actually seen the monkey's room too often. No, I really wish for one episode in the second season, it was like a band episode. You know what I mean? Like trying, like the one with like the Jolly Green Giants and that kind of thing, like that trying kind of to thing, get a yeah. gig and that kind of thing. Just once would have been cool for the second season. Well, then, but then you're in for a treat the next episode, pal. Finally. Finally. <laughs> um, was there a monkey's ruse? Not really. Maybe when they pretended to be mummies is the closest thing. <laughs> I guess. They posed as luggage. Yeah. That's the kind of ruse action we're getting here. Yeah. Um, fourth wall break, a bunch. When Davey jumps off the couch, he looks. He does like a little bounce and then looks at the camera and smiles. Uh, <laughs> when he calls out Jack Williams as the prop guy. Oh, yes. Mike and Peter's farewell speech, but that's more addressing the audience than like yeah. breaking the fourth wall. When Mickey was announcing the the singing contest, he kept looking into the camera kind of thing, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if that counts. No. Uh, best yeah. musical moment, going green sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> For me, when I first saw this episode, I'd never really heard green sleeves before. And so when I heard this, yeah. I was like, oh man, that song is really good. Like, that's a good song. And then when I took yeah. guitar lessons and they're teaching how to read music, the first thing they teach you to play is green sleeves. And I was like, oh man, neat. <laughs> so yes. I thought that was cool. It's got that early, uh, it's the earliest known thing of that, uh, the title not being in the song, like in the grunge years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
classic monkeys moment. Davey does a half-hearted, oh. Yeah, I guess that counts. The backwards film, the sped-up film, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what wouldn't fly in 2022? I don't know. Maybe a hilarious drunk wouldn't go over as well, perhaps. But <laughs> Walking around with the booze cup. Like, um, this is one of the episodes that didn't get picked up for Saturday morning reruns because of the booze. Oh. Uh, this one and the pilot. Because I, I noticed, like, some of the episodes did not get rerun. And there were certain reasons why, and this is one of them. Interesting. Good to know. See, so it probably wouldn't fly now either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're in the Diginos. And there's actually quite a bit in this one, which is pretty cool. Um, at the beginning, when Mike and Mickey hate the song Peter and Davey sing to them, that was ad-libbed. I guess they're supposed to like it, but just on one of the <laughs> takes, they decided they hated it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, we talked about Peter added in all the fainting. That wasn't in the original script. Jack Williams was indeed the props guy for the show. Uh, yeah, when uh, Twiggly and the Sot hop into the car... They have the complete illusion that we're in England because uh, the steering wheel is on the uh, right-hand side. Uh, they achieved this by flipping the film on a normal North American vehicle and because it's not really over there, but they did it like so. Pretty neat. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. clever. And, like, I wouldn't have known unless no, Peter talked about it in the thing. Yeah, Yeah, pretty sweet. Jack Good, who plays the SOT, he was a creator of the show Shindig and uh, one of the producers of 33 and a Third, Revolutions Per Monkey. Ho, ho. So I guess he uh, cleaned up his act and stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Shindig was a pretty big show back then. Yeah, so that's pretty cool he was in this. Uh, in the commentary, Peter said that Mike was annoyed that Peter was directing. So a lot of the Ooh. things he'd ask Mike to do things and he wouldn't do them just out of spite. His <laughs> <laughs> reactions at the end there, I think, might, might be included. Yeah, yeah. Um, 16 different women tried out for the part of Mary until they got Myra DeGroote. What the heck? Which is crazy. Uh, on the set, Davey's actually singing Green Sleeves live, but they add in that echo in post to make it sound, uh... Oh, really? Yeah, more un- unworldly, I guess. Yeah, I thought maybe it was like a studio version kind of dubbed over, but no. That's yeah, that's cool. what I thought, too. Peter talks about when he talking about Star Collector and Daily Nightly, how they're on the same day. He starts talking about the synthesizers in each of them and how in Star mm-hmm. Collector they had like a pro come in and do the yeah. synthesizer. But then for Daily Nightly, it was just Mickey with the Moog and he would like, or Moog, I don't know how you say it. And he yeah. didn't know what he was doing and he was just getting sounds out of it and doing freak out noises. And he said that really helped that song. But with Star yeah. Collector having the pro in helped that song, which was kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Musically around this time, the Monkees were just about to release the, the single version of Valerie, backed with Tapioca Tundra. Solid piece of vinyl, folks, coming out that week in 1968. Heck yeah. So just to break down everybody, Jack Good, who played the SOT, has 13 credits. And he's also Jack Good without an E at the end as a producer, and has 15 credits. Huh. Myra DeGroote, who played Mary, has 18 credits. Lori Main, the friar, he has 116 credits, and a lot of them are like Disney work, like in movies oh. and in uh, like voice work. Oh, yeah. Uh, Reginald Gardner had 86 credits, and this was his last role, but not because he died. He died in 1980. I guess he just... <laughs> Peter did say how Reginald Gardner really hated them, like on the level of the wow. other dude that 
That's it. I hate working with fucking kids. <laughs> Turn them off acting altogether. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bernard Fox has 113 credits. He he did look familiar to me. He was in The Mummy, and he's in Titanic. Oh, wow. And uh, he has a voice in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the TV show, and he was in Pee-wee's Playhouse. Dang. Man, so look out. <laughs> it's all your favorite things, Paco. <laughs> Tell me about it. And that's everything there, and I do believe I hear something. Oh, there she goes. Everybody's favorite second half of the show, the Randomatic Countdown featuring the Wool Hat of Mystery. All right, you want to pick first? Hey, why not? All right. Pass that hat on over here. It's been a minute. It has. All right, so today, again, to remind everybody, we're only doing two songs so we can stretch this out a little bit to make it in, so. Ho, 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 Today's tune, first tune, <clears throat> today's terse fruit, today's terse fruit <laughs> is Scroungy Girlfriend. She owns and operates her own sunshine factory. Sunny Girlfriend, written by Mike Nesmith, sung by Mike Nesmith, guitared by Mike Nesmith, <laughs> kick-ass, by Mike Nesmith. We love this tune. How about you, Paco? Love it. <clears throat> really love it. For me with this song, I'd only known the live version for so long. Mm. Like It wasn't until I bought the, the CD, the Rhino reissued CD with like the yellow spine that mm. I finally heard the studio version of Sunny Girlfriend. And the backwards does, symbol. It does show up in the show. Like, it shows up in the show, I think, once. Yeah, maybe once. But, like, to actually hear it with a, that beginning, that doon dee 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 doon shh yeah. I think they slide that reverse symbol in there to try to hide the fact that this intro is lifted just about wholesale from uh, from It's All Over Now by the Rolling Stones, I believe it's called. No, but it's a super great song. I remember bringing this song into guitar lessons to learn. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they were probably like, what the heck are you listening to here? But yeah. Fantastic tune. Love it. Nesbitt sings yeah. great on it. Mickey's background vocal is great. It's a great tune. All the guys are involved. Uh, the bass is being played by uh, John London, who's uh, Mike's buddy. And I think he was a stand-in on the show for a bit. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's Mike singing, Mickey singing, Davey does some backgrounds, Pete's on a guitar. And uh, fun fact, Mike and Mickey's vocals are on a separate track featuring uh, Mike on a guitar and Mickey on a shaker. Huh. Good to know. Maybe, that's cool. Maybe they, they added everything else in later. I don't know. I, that's yeah. They they recorded their track together singing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. A- another fun fact is uh, how on the live version when Mike introduces it as Scroungy Girlfriend, when we were <laughs> thinking of names for this podcast, that was one of the names I threw out there. Would have been the worst idea ever 
But that was one of my original ideas to call this podcast Scroungy Girlfriend. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. So where uh, do you want to put it on this big old list we got going on here? I think it can go a little ways up. Let's take a I look agree. here. Well, let me see. Let me I see. agree. And just so our listeners know, we are at 160 songs in our countdown right now. Unreal. Yeah, crazy. I want to put this, uh, in, hmm, let me see. Let's say in between Mary Mary and While I Cry, in this little neighborhood of Nesbeth, <laughs> well, it'll be our new number 39, Sunny Girlfriend. Good placement, I'd say. Well, that's a, a fun one to find this late in the countdown. Yeah, it's been. I've been waiting for that one to pop up for a long time. Let's see if you could top it, buddy. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. All right, here I go. I got one. And it is Cuddly Toy. Bazam. That's a good one. Crazy. You're not the only cuddly toy that was ever enjoyed by any boy. You're not the only choosy train that was left out in the rain the day after Santa came. So Cuddly Toy off of Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. The the album they name-checked in this episode. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, I am thinking on the... I See, I like it, but now we have so many songs in this ep, on this countdown. It's, it's tricky to put it in a certain <laughs> spot. It is kind of a tricky one. And you're kind of lukewarm on Nilsson. Is this the deal? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. This is a Harry Nilsson song rumored to be about a gangbang, which is not really typical Monday Night Family material. No, no. But it did squeeze into two shows, two episodes of the show. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So where I have it right now is between Shades of Grey and Don't Call on Me at number 78. Okay. Not bad, not bad. Also, another fun fact. This is one of two songs on the album upon which Mickey plays the drums. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you can you guess the other one? Ooh. No, what would it be? I can't. Uh, it's The Door Into Summer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one to have then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say, for being such a late pull out of the hat, this was a pretty good uh, back-to-back here. So far. Let's see what else we got. I know. I can only think of one other one that's in there right now. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting... I'm kind of dreading there might be another double or two from, from other hat-related errors. But we'll see. We'll find out. It's part of the fun. When I pulled out Cuddly Toy, I gave a look down the list. Yes. Because it was yes, just on a do. recent episode. And that's why me too, it was in too. my head. And I was like, oh, wait yeah. a second. Because we've talked about songs for various reasons at various times. and like, Yeah. Do we talk about it because it was on the countdown? Yeah, exactly. But anyway... I got to grab another. Wait, is that just two for today? That's two for today. Yep, two for today, and that's it. That is uh, oh. another episode in the books. We are down to the final three episodes, but next week Ooh. we have a special for you that's either going to enrage you or <laughs> you'll think it's hilarious. We'll find out when it comes up in two weeks. I hope. <laughs> might enrage us as well. Yeah, we'll see. It might. It's gonna be a, it could be a tricky one. Give me a tricky one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't, can't wait. With that uh, little promo <laughs> from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. 
Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.